Radio's virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm, moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Welcome to the Alternative Radiant that questions virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the Alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Hello, welcome to The Alternatives for February the 22nd, 2007. I'm Jim Hedger, editor of SitePronews.com. I'm joined by Dave Davies, um, proprietor of Beanstalk Inc. Incorporated, and we got a great show today. We have um, Chase Norland from Pixie.com, video search engine, going to be coming on in the first half, and Brad Bostuck from ChaCha.com, a human-powered search engine, coming in in the second half. Um... We're running a little bit behind time today. The show uh, was supposed to start about 11 minutes ago, but, you know, this is live radio, so technical stuff happens. Um, so we're going to try to power through the news section as quickly as we can. Um, how's it going over there, Dave? Going well, going well. Let's, uh, let's get to the news and try and make up a bit of this time. Um, what would you like to chat about first? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm feeling all emo today. You know, I've, I read the news. They get all bubbed out about stuff. I thought I'd write a poem about it, and I'm going to read it. It goes sort of like this. Fuzzy Zoller was a bear. Fuzzy Zoller had a scare. Fuzzy read a vandal screed, and now he sues based on IP. <laughs> I made that up myself, eh? That's pretty good. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I thought that was Keats. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 that was mine. That was totally mine. You know what it's all about? It's Fuzzy Zoller, a uh, professional golfer, PGA champion from back in the uh, 80s and 90s. He's suing, he's suing a uh, private company in Miami that has absolutely nothing to do with Wikipedia over an entry at Wikipedia that um, he says defamed him. Right. So, right. so we have a multimillionaire golfer. Um, suing Wikipedia, which we are, I'm sorry, not, not suing Wikipedia. He's not allowed to sue Wikipedia, which is why he's going after this private company called Joseph Silney and Associates. Now, Joseph Silney and Associates, they, uh, they, they, they study the accreditation of foreign students coming into, into the United States, and um, they have about 45 employees, one of whom is uh, alleged to go by the name Damian Lynch, who on August 28, 2006, posted an entry to Wikipedia suggesting that um, Zoller admitted to polishing off a fifth of Jack Daniels and popping a handful of pills um, before beating his wife and children well under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Now, Zoller thinks that defamed him, and it may well have, so he's going after the poster. Um, U.S. law prevents him from going after the actual publisher, um, actually the, the, the section of the U.S. legal code covering telegraphs, telephones, and radio telegraphs, which I guess includes the set of tubes that makes up the Internet, um, it, uh, it, it states that no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as a publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider, right. which basically means um, the courts have said you've got to go after the source of the information, not necessarily where it was published. For instance, if I uh, graffitied something on a school wall, you couldn't sue the Board of Education. You'd have to go after the, the person who wrote or said it. And so they're going after this uh, little company that had absolutely no idea that one of its employees, or at least somebody using, or somebody from its IP address, made a defamatory post up at uh, Wikipedia. This is going to get interesting. This is going to get interesting. 
Um, I think it'll be very interesting to watch how this ends. I, I'm pretty sure we can kind of predict how it's going to end. They're suing the company. The owner of the company had no idea what was going on. Um, you know, he can't control every second of every day. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure bosses would love to be able to control um, what all their employees are doing at their computers all day. Um, but that's just not going to happen, and it's not reasonable to to expect. So to hold hold this company responsible for the individual actions of one of their employees is a bit ridiculous. No, chances, are, right. chances are they're not going to be able to hold them liable for it. Um, <laughs> no, exactly. But speaking of speaking of legal regimes that do want to uh, be able to control what people do at their keyboards at any given time. Um, this doesn't have a lot to do with the search world, um, not nearly as much as Wikipedia does, but I want to mention it anyway because um, Reporters Without Borders, Amnesty International, and Human Rights Watch have all taken up this case, and this is about a blogger, an Egyptian blogger. Um, 22-year-old blogger, um, Abdel Karim Nabil, he's a law student in, uh, in Egypt. Um, he's... As of this morning, actually, he was sentenced to four years in jail uh, for the crime of expressing his opinions in, in, in his blog. Um, a judge sentenced him to three years in prison for insulting Islam and, and insulting or inciting sectarian strife. And one year for insulting President Hosni Mubarak, the, uh, the president of Egypt. Now, mm-hmm. I... Um, I put a post to this and about the Wikipedia case up at uh, sitepro, blog.sitepronews.com. There are long stories uh, uh, outlining both of these things. Um, in in uh, Nabil's case, so I just think it should be mentioned that, that you know, around the world, and there's some jurisdictions where people go to jail for, for writing their opinion. Um, before I, booking your next slow boat to Cairo, I strongly, strongly recommend uh, thinking about this guy's case. I agree, and I mean, I'm going to be blogging about it later, and I think anybody that, that has the opportunity and, and means um, to get it out there, this is an important issue for, for not just for us and, and bloggers, but, um, you know, sort of universally, this is free exchange of information. I may not agree with everything he says. I probably would agree with a lot of the things he says, but, um, you know, he has the right to say it. And so uh, I, I totally agree. I read your post. I think it's great. Um, I think it is it's definitely worth mentioning, and anybody who, who feels so inclined to mention it as well, I think that's definitely a worthwhile few minutes of your time. Well, yeah, and I, I do want to say that if he lived over here, in, uh, or if he lived in, in a Western democracy, or in, in a lot of places, he'd have the right to say it. This is a place, obviously in Egypt, he clearly does not have the right to say this. And again, um, uh, this is something I, I, I really hope that, that bloggers in the web community gets on. Um, don't go to Egypt, guys. Don't go there. Don't go there, friends. Please. <laughs> Uh, unless, unless they release this fellow and release all other um, prisoners, prisoners of conscience, people who just got you know arrested for speaking their mind, um, don't visit these regimes. Not mm-hmm. cool. Agreed. Anyway, let's get on to something that's uh, that that's a little more relevant to the to the search and tech community. There was uh, um, an app assassination attempt recently. <laughs> Google's trying to app assassinate Microsoft. Yes, indeed. I I love that term. I love it. Um, yeah, funny. <laughs> So what do you what do you think of this? I mean, I think this is just just amazing. I mean, we all could have could have predicted it. Really, I didn't include it on my list at the beginning of the year. Didn't even think of it. But of course, this was a, a necessary thing. Hindsight twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, professional or, or sort of business class services being offered cheaper than um, you know the alternatives from Microsoft. What do you think? Well, I mean, first off, the first question, and 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 I. Have to be honest. I've only used Google Spreadsheets and Google Docs uh, slightly, just a little bit. I haven't used them professionally. Um, I still rely on 
Microsoft Excel and, and Microsoft Word. Um, but we've been talking about server-side applications for, for about 10 years now. Um, I remember when I, when I owned a cyber cafe back in, in 96, 97, we were talking about the advent of server-side applications. Problem back then, obviously, was, was bandwidth simply wasn't strong enough, and um, it was, it was <laughs> impossible to conceive of storing all that user material way back then. Right. Well, that line has obviously been crossed. Bandwidth penetration, I think, is sitting around 75% in the United States now and somewhere around there or higher um, in, in most developed countries. Um, and storage, storage capacities uh, become, become so much larger and so much easier, um, easier to conceive of. Now the only thing is a company that has you know, the, the size and the scope and the muscle to pull it off, and clearly there's only a few of them in the world that could do it. Um, Google's one of them. Well, yeah, it's a matter of time. Um, a lot of the, the companies that could have done it, it's not in their Microsoft, for example. It's not really in their best interest to do it. So, um, you know, I think this is great. I have used, uh, especially the spreadsheets in a more business, um, you know, for, for resellers and stuff. I can post pricing um, using their uh, their spreadsheets, and people can come in. I can change them as soon as I change them. They the, the resellers have updated pricing, um, and and these sort of things. I think it's great. I, I just love them. Um, and yeah, to, to move it to this level, I love the, the fee and you're not having to worry about uh, upgrades, you're not having to worry about holes in the same way, like uh, security breaches in, in quite the same way that, uh, that some of the Microsoft products have in the past. I think, I think this is great. And I think it's really unique to actually see Google maybe pursuing a revenue source outside of advertising. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if, if with 99% of their, of their revenues based on advertising, um, you know, maybe that is what's, what's stopping their share prices from peaking and remaining above uh, 500. Now, um, something I found interesting is, speaking of advertising, is that advertising, if you are on, on this, these set of plans, their, their business level plans, advertising is by default turned off. There you go. <laughs> well, and so what I heard you clearly say is you like the collaborative aspect of uh, of this software, where you hit I one sure button do. and everybody in your network is updated. Right, and then I can set it so they can't change pricing. <laughs> so you like the control board. aspects as well. Yeah, spoken, um, spoken like a true business owner. Okay, one last topic, and then we got to then we got to move on. Um, yeah. You, you, you just mentioned a couple seconds ago people don't have to worry about security concerns with with uh, Google software. But a story that came out um, the other day said that, um, in fact, with some cases of Google, some, some applications, such as like Google Desktop, maybe you do have to worry about it. Indeed. I, I actually received the link yesterday uh, from, from my father-in-law, Don, so thanks a lot, Don. Um, yeah, with the, with the huge security gap in their desktop, I guess they've known about it for, for a couple months now, but have finally closed it. Um, apparently, it was it was an issue with a lot of the the applications that were out. Similarly, however, by the nature of what Google Desktop does, which is scans everything on your computer, uh, that made it the biggest security risk um, involved. And, and you know, it was just yesterday that uh, that they were finally reported to having closed this this security issue. Well, um, you know, maybe they should have told people about it. I didn't receive any notices. I didn't even really know all that much about, uh, you know, I've used desktop, but didn't know there was this huge, huge breach. Maybe I didn't look for it in the right places, but uh, you'd think they'd have made it a little more public that there is a big problem here. Well, that's uh, the classic security conundrum that Microsoft faces all the time, eh? Um, they have, they have uh, their, their software applications are just so huge, and they, they cover so many facets of computing that there's, you know, there's 
logic says there's bound to be a hole somewhere. Right. Um, Google's getting very large, and uh, you know Google's Google's scope is spreading very very quickly. And uh, you know the more applications they bring on, the greater the chance that there's going to be a security breach. Maybe there'll be a time when when Google has to issue its own patches. Google Patch Day. Well, you know, I think that's one of the brilliance of their their apps. So, <laughs> server side, they don't have to do it the same way. Uh, you know, they, they do know what we have to do. It's five. It's it's five twenty-five already. We started. Oh we started about fifteen minutes late. So, it's looking like we have to go to break. Um, but we will be back in just a in just a second um, with Chase Norland from Pixie.com, and in a few minutes with uh, Brad Bostick from ChaCha, um, Jim Hedger from. Fightpronews.com uh, on the alternatives. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a sec. The alternative on FM. We'll be back after this short commercial break. Three a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types hooker, escort, hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. GenieKnows has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Wow. I never saw anyone fish with such a wide net before. Oh, really? I don't like fishing with a pole. Can't catch the big ones fast enough. No kidding. You've got a bunch. Yeah, I know. This wide net gives me great distribution and reach. Really? How's it work? Well, fish like to move around to various parts of the lake, so by casting a wide net, I gather fish from everywhere they congregate. Wow, that's pretty smart. Thanks. Wide nets work. And they make you look smart. If you're looking to cast a wider net and fish where the fish are, Look Smart Advertising Solutions can help. Go to signup.looksmart.com to learn more. Searching for the tools and tricks to rake your websites even higher. Well, there's no need to go through a back door when you can climb up on the roof. Up on the roof. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Webmasters on the Roof. Direct from Deutschland. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Join the media Donis along with his partner in crime Friday night as they put on their black hats to teach you their SEO secrets. Webmasters on the Roof. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. .fm. your teeth into 100% original programming. WebmasterRadio.fm And try our daily search cast. It's made fresh every day. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Welcome back to The Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm, sponsored by the ISEDN.org. Uh, this is going to be a fun section of the show. The Oscars are coming up this weekend, and uh, we have Chase Norlin from Pixie.com on the air hey, today. Jim. How's it going, Chase? Good. How are you? Good to talk to you again. 
It's good talking to you again. Now, we, we had Chase on a few months ago, um, but he's gone, he's, um, gone a few steps forward in the, in the last few months, and it's got a special offering for this weekend. Uh, would, would you like to tell us about that, Chase? Yeah, thanks, Jim, for asking. Uh, so, as many uh, listeners might know, Pixie's a media search platform, and we exist entirely to power uh, private label photo and video search engines for any website on the Internet. And really the most recent development we have to talk about is we have a lot of customers coming to us now saying, hey, don't just give me a search engine, give me a search portal. Uh, and that's our technology now makes it very easy for us to go out and create and customize these very unique search portals for our customers. And so we built uh, something called and the Oscar goes to dot net as an example of um, a very popular you know Oscars photo and video search portal uh, that we can create and power really for any website on the internet. It's obviously a little bit late for us to do a you know a distribution deal around that, but we built it really as a sample for our partners of what they can get access to. Okay, what's the difference between, um, in, in your words, a search engine and a portal? Yeah, good question. I mean, not too much, actually. You know, we built this platform that's essentially an API that gives any website access to a massive collection of photo and video content of their choosing, which it could be the Oscars. And what we've realized is that, you know, you can create some efficiencies around basically putting on streamlined, elegant front ends uh, that are just windows into that API, so to speak. So. You know, think of, you know, Google News or Google Video. Imagine being able to put a front end that looks like that, but uh, around any media content for any type of distribution partner. So, so, so what, I'm, what, what I'm hearing is um, build your own video search engine, uh, uh, your own labeled video search engine. Yeah, essentially build your own, you know, image or video search engine or portal for that matter. I mean, imagine how long it would take to go out and license all the Oscars content that you need, right? And to go hire somebody and to build it and to host it and to brand it and to drive traffic to it. So in some cases, we're putting people in the search portal business effectively in a matter of hours. Well, and this is one of the interesting things. I've, I've been thinking a lot about Pixie and um, about the copyright issue and your method mm-hmm. of getting around that. You remind me, what, 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 what Pixie does, um, just to, to fill in the listeners, is it goes and finds video content on whatever subject, on, on almost any subject under the sun, and it pulls thumbnail clips of that content and displays them as search results. Um, this is much like what the early search engines were doing and what search engines still do when they go and they grab content off of a page and use them to produce search results. There's no copyright being violated because you're only using a small clip. Is that That's correct? right. In fact, it's not even, it's not even a clip. It's, we don't serve any original video. We don't serve any original images. It's nothing but thumbnails. So we're a massive thumbnail aggregator, and thumbnails are fair use, according to a court ruling about six, seven years ago. Uh, so that's, you know, we don't have the traditional copyright issues that you know, a YouTube would have, for example, or any of the other kind of video sharing sites out there. On top of that, you click on a thumbnail, you go back to the source. So all the content providers love the free traffic. Where are you drawing the, the content from? Uh, well, we've built our own technology that's crawling the web or spidering RSS feeds. We've built all a bunch of unique technology that's going out and basically aggregating a ton of photo and video thumbnail material across the web. But the big difference here versus us versus a you know, traditional big search engine is that we only focus on the areas that consumers care about. So we only focus around verticals that we know are the fastest growing ones for consumer media search. So news, celebrities, entertainment, travel, sports, et cetera. We focus on that versus, you know, trying to build the world's largest index. Uh, what matters to people is stuff that they're most interested in. Okay. Um, but do you have, uh, and is there any way to know the, the, the size of um, your, your, your reference inventory? 
Uh, the size of, uh, I mean, the amount of content that we have? Well, yeah, the size of your index. Is, is there yeah, any way we know that? How, how large yeah, it is? Oh, oh, yeah, well, we know what it is. We don't publicize it. But, you know, we're in the tens of millions is what we say and growing exponentially. And the amount of partners and search, daily search traffic that we're powering across the web is also growing pretty fast. If an established site wanted to get involved with Pixie and set up their own, their own labeled video search engine, um, what would they need? Um, actually, not much. Uh, in some cases, customers can be as ambitious or as non-ambitious as they like. They can come to us and say, hey, we want to leverage your API and your XML fees. We want to integrate into our site, and they can go down that path. We have a great solution for that. And then other partners say, you know what? I don't want to lift a finger. Get me in the search portal business overnight. Why don't you build it and host it for me? And we do a lot of those as well. So the, really the entry, the entry cost is relatively low. Yeah, in fact, in a lot of cases, it can be almost zero. Um, a couple of weeks ago, for Super Bowl weekend, Pixie produced a custom Super Bowl engine. Uh, this mm-hmm. weekend, or a couple of weeks ago, you guys produced the Oscar engine, or the yep. Oscar-themed engine. Are, is, does Pixie have plans to introduce um, event-themed engines into the future? I think there's more coming. The first one took us two weeks. The second one took us five hours. The next one, hopefully, will take us an hour and a half. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, yes, there's lots uh, of event-related. Uh, look at, I'll, I'll, give, I'll tease the audience a little bit. NASCAR is going to be big. Uh, March Madness is going to be big. Uh, so anywhere where you see events like that on the web that are popular from a media perspective, uh, we're going out and building those. But, now, again, not for ourselves. We're just letting the world know, hey, this is here waiting for you if you'd like to run this on your own site and start building the traffic and making some new ad revenue. So now Pixie isn't a predictive engine. I, I, I can't type in here winner of 2000 Oscar, Oscar award, but would I be able to type in here um, 2007 Oscar nominees and get a sense of how popular different clips are? Yeah, I mean, I, we don't have that at the moment. It's a good question. Um, there's a lot of companies really trying to figure out, and there's some smart guys like I think Chow Chow here on the line, and they're doing some very unique, you know, unique technologies around how you find material on the web. And we're, we're adding a lot of those or working with partners on adding those. But, our, again, our whole business is, very, is entirely distribution-facing. We're more concerned about getting these thumbnails in the hands of, of distribution partners than, than we are necessarily with that at the moment. Okay, I have a couple more questions, then we're, then we're afraid we're going to have to go to break and try to, try to get our show back on schedule again. Um, how is Pixie monetizing itself currently? Yeah, well, we, we license this platform out to customers. So they're either paying us a fee or, or there's some kind of revenue share model that, that we're engaged with for the, for the customer. But again, all this does is create new ad revenue. So, uh, but this, the, the savvier customers want to keep all the ad revenue for themselves, and in those cases, they pay us a fee. Okay. Um, what, uh, can you name some of the companies that are using your technology? Yeah, sure. Um, Ritz Camera is a customer of ours. We just announced Sonic Solutions. They're a publicly traded company. Uh, Mama.com is a customer of ours. Info.com, you might know them. We've got about 50 or so, and we've got a couple of big ones we'll be announcing here soon, too. Excellent. 50 companies and growing. Well, Chase, thank you so much for being on the, for being on the show this week. It was uh, kind of short notice, but you had the Oscar engine. The Oscars are coming up this weekend, so I thought it was right. a good idea to inform people that this engine was out and you know, let people know a little bit more about Pixie. We're going to have to go to break, but we're going to be coming back in just a few minutes with uh, Brad Bostick from ChaCha.com. Again, Chase, thank you so much for being here, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes on The Alternatives here on WebmasterRadio.fm.
Generating buzz for your company is essential and now easier than ever with Paper Post, the consumer-generated advertising network. Our powerful network of bloggers at Paper Post will creatively expose your product or service through original link-generated ads and embedding video or audio on their sites. Launch your viral marketing campaigns with confidence and enjoy increased traffic with higher conversion rates only through Paper Post. Visit PaperPost.com and join the revolution. Want traffic? For results without hassle, look no further than Search Ad Network. Focused on your core goals, our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales, increase brand recognition, and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology. In addition, Search Ad Network offers free click fraud detection and API access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired ROI. Visit SearchAdNetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance. Friend Finder. Friend Finder, the world's largest online dating network, featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com, represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Captain's Log, Stardate 8130.3. Starship Enterprise on training mission to Gamma Hydra, Section 14. Identify for retina scan. It's Monty Khan. Khan, you've got Genesis. But you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. The masses are starting to get online and get their identities and find new ways to make money in the marketplace, and I think they're all aiming their guns. You have a tendency to express ideas in military terms. Mr. Khan, this is a social occasion. Well, they are party animals. They do throw uh, some of the best parties in our industry, that's for sure. Evaluation, Mr. Fox. Crude methods, but effective. We posted our booth up next to uh, a booth that's giving away beer. How appropriate that is for you guys, huh? Hey, I've taken care of everything. Now, all y'all got do just relax doctor's orders if i don't see you next week i'll see you in two weeks from now same time same place Khan, how do we know you'll keep your word i promise you be the master of your domain <laughs> don't incur the wrath of Khan. listen to domain masters wednesday nights at 7 p.m eastern only on webmasterradio.fm Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, webmasterradio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. And now, transport back into the alternative on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Man, I love being on Webmaster Radio. Where else Where else does one get to share the air with, like, Ricardo Monte uh, Montecon? Or, yeah, Ricardo Montecon. Um, that's a, that was a great commercial. Um, we're back. We have Brad Bostick from ChaCha.com on the line. And ChaCha is a really, uh, really interesting human-powered search engine. Now, Dave knows a heck of a lot more about ChaCha than I do, so he's going to take the, the lion's share of this interview. But, Brad, welcome to The Alternative. Thanks for having me. 
Hey, Brad, how's it going? Hey, great. Good. Good. Yep, when I when I first discovered you, I don't know, I guess it was uh, a, a few months ago when I first discovered Cha-Cha and um, started using it. I've actually recommended it to a, to a few people at this point and, and discussed it uh, on air here a little bit. But there were some, some questions that I had, and I, I'm really glad you were able to, to join us today and, and maybe answer a few of these just, uh, just about the engine itself. Sure, um, happy to do that. Why don't I just why just launch in with the with the biggest one that I that I had the biggest question mark hanging above my head, uh, and that was in the area of scalability. Like this is this is human powered. You need a, an actual human being uh, to guide you through uh, cha cha and, and guide you through your search experience. How does this scale? What sort of uh, glass ceiling is there on the upper level that uh, that can't be passed, or or how do you how do you plan on passing this? the ceiling of, of you know sure. how, how the human being. Sure, Dave. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, uh, the system actually scales to any uh, any number. Um, I mean, even the 350 million searches a day level. Uh, when you really look at what's going on inside of ChaCha, what we're actually doing is building our own index that is. Uh, powered by human intelligence. So uh, early on in our our site's launch here, uh, we clearly have a a fair amount of uh, live searches taking place where you can connect to a human guide and have them help you locate information. And these these guides are kind of experts on search, and we go to a a fair amount of uh, work to get them trained up in our system. And uh, they have very powerful tools that just uh, the average web user would not have access to. And so the tools and the training really make them very strong. And the, the community itself is actually self-supporting uh, in many ways. So guides that are more experienced are helping to try, train guides that are less experienced. And there are forums and, and tools and a knowledge base that all the guides kind of support each other. So as the guide community has grown from uh, when we launched uh, late last year to uh, over 30,000 guides at this point, that's been largely just growth through word of mouth from one guide to another. So we've shown that that really grows very rapidly. And we've also shown that what people are really looking for is a great result. So uh, uh, the, the ultimate um, uh, in our system is where you can do a search and get instant results that have already been selected by our tens of thousands of, of search expert guides. And so ultimately, what you get to is a, is a situation where you're really going to get to a live guide if you need help, if you can't find the result instantly, and our index keeps getting bigger and smarter all the time, and our guides are, are continuously improving on that index. So the, the system actually scales extremely well, and uh, we're already kind of in, in that mode now. Uh, we're finding that the percentage of times that people do searches and get instant results that solve their query is going up and up. And then when people do still need help, they can click forward to connect to a live guide that has uh, domain-specific knowledge and is an expert at search. You know, I, I just got an MSN from Jim, and, and he interjected. That was a, that was a great answer. But um, he pointed out that maybe some of our, our listeners might not quite understand exactly what uh, ChaCha is doing. So, I mean, I've used this quite a few times. Uh, in fact, I, I just had a, a little uh, guided session with Paul73338 a second ago. Gave him a great, uh, great feedback because he did a did a great job. Um, but just to, just to briefly explain it to our to our listeners here, when somebody runs a search on the engine, they have the alternative the, the choice. They can run just a standard search, and as you say, it's going to take into account 
uh, what other guides have found in the past when providing the results, or they can search with a guide, in which case the left-hand side opens up into a uh, sort of a chat session uh, where you can interact with the guide, ask questions. Uh, they can ask questions, as, as has happened in, in virtually every time uh, I entered in, in this uh, set, something I know a lot about, entered SEO to see what they would come up with. Um, you know, rather than giving services, he asked and listed off that, oh, okay, you know, found out I was looking for information and provided uh, a set of um, results for me, very good set of results. Um, so just to, to briefly explain to people that they have this, this choice and that they'll, they'll see their results in the center part and there'll be a, a chat session to the left-hand side if they do decide to go through the, the guided search um, alternative. I think that's that's correct. So really the concept behind uh, ChaCha is that uh, there are many algorithmic uh, search engines out there and, um, you know, they, they deliver results at a certain level and have gotten to a, a point where there's been a bit of a plateau. So really our business is about injecting human intelligence in a very accountable way into the search process. So when you consider some of the answer services out there and and other uh, uh, kind of uh, you know quasi-search uh, systems that are oriented around having people help to to influence what the best results are. In our case, we actually have this this very tightly filtered and well-trained guide community that's growing very rapidly. As I described, it's up over thirty thousand uh, guides, and we've had I'd say well over seventy thousand uh, people that have actually expressed interest, you know, and wanted to be be part of the guide community already. Uh, so really, as our, our system continues to, to scale and grow, what we're able to do is inject more and more very accountable uh, human intelligence into the, into the process of selecting the best results. So it's, it's um, you know, not just like a message board where, gosh, I hope the person uh, has selected something good or given good information. Our system actually is set up to, to orchestrate um, uh, activity among many people that we've actually identified down to the keyword level what areas they have knowledge in and we actually have the, the, the mechanism set up so that they are accountable uh, for the way that they're actually helping to build out the system uh, such that we, we think that in our model you're going to arrive at the best possible result uh, you know much better than any computer could do because computers keep getting smarter and smarter but you know, at the end of the day they still don't have brains. Brad, I'm curious, um, how do you go about selecting your, your guides? Do you recruit them or do you have them recruited to you or recommended to you? Mm -hmm. no, that's a great question. So when we first launched our site we got a lot of, uh, a lot of interest um, from, from different media outlets and one of those was Good Morning America and they ran a story and, and that, that really uh, uh, created a lot of awareness around the guide program. Um, but really the beauty of our system is that we started with a core of about 3,000 guides that we were able to go out and, uh, and identify just online through, through say, a, we started with, say, a set of about 100 people that were kind of influential and we, we felt like were uh, the kinds of people you'd want to have involved, and then they were allowed to invite other guides. And, uh, and so it was really through kind of a word-of-mouth invitation approach that we went and grew our initial core of 3,000 guides. And then we launched from there, and the system allows for guides when they reach a certain level of seniority to be able to go out and invite others to be part of the guide community. And so uh, it, it's really a, you know, I, the term is overused, but, but it really is kind of a viral approach uh, to growing that side of the, sy the system. And then we have different testing processes that are automated 
that people have to go through when they get into the system. And then we actually pair the more senior guides with the, the what are called apprentice guides that first come into the system uh, in a training mode. And then you have to, to hit a certain level of, of rating consistently before you can bump up to the level where you can actually help our outside uh, consumers. Like, uh, So when you go in and do a search with a guide, you're connecting with a guide that's already been through a vetting process that that has at least proven their proficiency to a certain level. And then at any given time, your ratings are, are going to impact, um, you know, how senior a given guide is in the system. So they're, they're constantly striving to deliver great results. Uh, and, you know, even when you get results instantly and go look at those, we're actually under the covers doing different things to rate how, uh, how high a, a given result kind of yields in, in the uh, process uh, such that we are able to, to constantly determine whether or not guides are, are doing a great job at selecting good results. So, so it's a very Darwinian uh, approach to scaling the system. It's not like we're directly going out and recruiting people. It's more of a, you know, we, we incentivize the right behavior with our guides, and then we allow those good guides to go out and build other people to be, to be part of their cha-cha networks. Uh, and, and that way, you know, hopefully we're able to continue to build a very quality base, and, and then that quality gets better and better because that's one of our areas of focus is to take what we've already built and, um, you know, make it an order of magnitude better over the next couple of months. Well, I, I guess that leads to, to two more questions from me. Um, first of all, on average, um, how long does it take to become a guide? And you mentioned that there are incentives to get the, the, the very best guides and to, to, to help them move forward. Um, what are those incentives? So how long does it take to sure. be a guide on average, and what are the incentives for them? Yeah, so you can come in and become a guide. Uh, with the registration process probably takes you, say, 20 minutes or so, and then you're actually in the system. You're able to download the guide application. And first you had to have been invited to actually be able to get that far. So you get your invitation, you go in, you register. Say it takes about 20 minutes. And then once you have the guide application, you're actually able to uh, do some self-training uh, on that application before you ever want to connect up live with somebody else. There are also training videos. We have a series of videos that you can watch that help you be uh, help you to get proficient with the actual guide application and, and learn some of the key tips for being an effective guide. And then there's actually a live component where uh, where you're actually connected up with another more senior guide who kind of simulates what a consumer would be doing, and then they give you some advice through the chat and uh, kind of help to, to bring you along. And then over time, you're, you do that several times. Your rating uh, continues to be impacted. And it's, it's roughly, um, uh, you know, somebody who is really a, an expert on search already could come into the system and be live taking searches from info seekers or you know, consumers, we call them info seekers internally, uh, within, oh, I'd say three or four hours, really. So end-to-end, it's a, it's a pretty efficient process. Now, if you're, if you're just somebody who is um, pretty proficient at web search, but you're really not an expert yet, and so you're having to learn a lot more, it could take you a couple of days to go all the way through the process and... Uh, you know, and get fully trained. Um, in terms of, and it's really just all a function of how well you do and how well you're rated uh, in terms of how long it's going to take you. Um, in terms of the incentives that guides have, uh, first and foremost, we really like to focus on, uh, you know, allowing people to 
build credibility in our system and be recognized for the knowledge that they have. You know, a lot of people like to share their knowledge just for the altruism of it, and that's great. But uh, it, and we want to appeal to that, and we want to reward people by giving them a, a certain status in the system. So today you can start out as, as an apprentice and work your way all the way up through a couple of levels to reach elite uh, status, which means you're the kind of the best of the best. And we actually will have some additional um, capabilities to earn more points over the next couple of months we'll be rolling out that will give guides an in, in even <laughs> higher level that they can achieve. And, and uh, so they, so they kind of get recognized for how well they perform. And the better you perform, the more searches get directed your way. So our system is actually when you do a guided search, connecting you with the best available guide in that area that you're searching on, or that's, that's what the, uh, the goal is of the system's design. So we're not just trying to connect you with anyone. We're trying to connect you with the person that is best qualified to address what you're searching for. So there's all this reputation and, and um, kind of activity that you want to uh, be involved with. Now, on top of that, we actually believe because people are investing uh, into this and, and creating, you know, sharing their knowledge that they should also be rewarded uh, from a compensation standpoint. So our system actually does pay uh, guides real cash, and they actually are able to get a cha-cha debit card, um, which once they have that debit card, they can click on a button and instantly have their, their funds transferred to that debit card uh, when they're out there doing their, when they do good searches that are rated highly, and uh, they, they actually you know, are, are exhibiting the characteristics of, of being a good guide. Uh, which we'd have lots and lots, you know, hundreds of different things that we're looking at to determine what that is in addition to just the rating that the, that the consumer is giving that guide. Uh, but they can actually earn, you know, real cash compensation uh, for their participation in the system. Now, how does this, uh, sorry, it's me again, um, how do they earn? Is this on a per-search basis? Each person that they help, they earn, you know, whatever X dollars. Is this, you know, sort of per-search hour or... Um, you know, and do they earn more at, say, the elite level than at the apprentice level? Sure. Uh, no, it, that, that's a great question. So, there are, so uh, from the live search side, we're actually looking at um, uh, sort of what their level is in the system. You know, are they pro, are they master, are they elite? And, uh, and based on that, we determine kind of what pay grade. And it's actually, uh, it is sort of an, a time-based um, pay but we couple with that time-based pay, and it's down to like the second. You know, so we're actually paying you, uh, you know, at a rate that that kind of boils down to how long you're searching. But we we combine with that how uh, how highly you're rated. So you, the incentives are there for you to perform better. It's better for you to get a good rating and take less time because you'll actually hit a higher pay grade than it is just to take the longest time and have that result in a in a lower rating if that makes sense so there's sort of a you know part of our secret sauce or how we we do coordinate all these you know very complex things and make them relatively simple and so we're looking at a combination of how long and how well you're performing to come up with what that pay rate is that you're actually receiving no i have a question for you this is in regards now we know how the guides get paid um now i i've done some searches just through the the standard cha-cha search and i noticed of course you have your sponsored links like like most do, and that would be how you generate your revenue. Now, something I found interesting in here, and maybe you can explain it a little bit, um, is throughout the search results, there's some sponsored listings, uh, clearly indicated, um, but in, they seem to be sort of mixed in, and then other ones will have, um, you know, buy this guide, and then there's another sponsored listing, and then there's a couple more, you know, 
just by guide X um, listed off in the results. How are you randomizing it, and have you found this to be a, a better way to monetize for yourselves the site as opposed to um, you know the standard Google-esque type situation where you just have your you know two or three up at the top and, and some down the side? Yeah, that's a great question. We've played around with and experimented with a number of different approaches, and really what, what our ultimate goal is is to deliver a great experience for the consumer. And obviously, we're, we're also a commercial enterprise that needs to monetize, but in the early days here, we're very much focused on just how can we make the search experience excellent. And, and we have found that in certain cases, we've, we have experimented with, you know, throwing up a big gray bar that says, you know, whatever the couple of sponsored results are at the top. And a lot of times those sponsored results aren't the best results. And so we really want to make the best results show up early and, and you know, at the top. So ultimately where we're headed is, is highlighting more and more the, the guide-selected results that have been kind of voted on by our guides and, and uh, hand-picked as the best out there. And so you'll find that those will become more and more prominent in, in, the, in the search results. We are continuing to experiment with different approaches to uh, sponsored results, whether it's best to put those on the side or put them on the top, or as you pointed out, you know, clearly mark that they're sponsored, um, but include them actually in within, you know, mixed within the search result feed. And so ultimately what we think is the right thing to do is to deliver the best possible result that can that the that you know average consumers uh, who traffic our sites will will be you know most um, uh, pleased with and and will find the information they're looking for quickest with. So we think our guide selected results are the top way to do that. And then beyond that, you know, it's really a combination of um, of organic and sponsored. In many cases, you know, there are there are the sponsored result ends up being a very very good result. But there's still a fair amount of experimentation we're doing. We have a, a gentleman who is our uh, uh, head of user experience, and he's constantly looking at different ways to improve that. We actually were in 12 hours of, of uh, focus groups uh, about a week ago, really digging into, um, you know, watching through the one-way mirror, the, the normal consumer, and how they actually interact with our, our system. And we're just absolutely passionate about making that the best possible experience. Um, so, uh, you know, at this stage, we're finding that it's, it's working fairly well. We're rolling out some new enhancements next week as well that through these focus groups we've and our just own, you know, experience in the market have found can be better, uh, some better features that people are looking for. And uh, with respect to how we're, we're including sponsored results in the overall results feed, uh, at this stage, we're finding that that, that has proven to, to provide the best consumer experience, and uh, you know it also monetizes uh, at a rate that's fairly uh, decent. But uh, I think we can monetize at a similar rate by throwing them up at the very top, but we just don't necessarily believe that throwing them at the top is the best consumer experience. Brad, where, uh, where is ChaCha grabbing its, or, its organic feed stream from? Uh, we have a kind of a combination of, of different uh, partners, but there's uh, one partner in particular that we've aligned most closely with called InfoSpace, uh, who we, we've worked with uh, on the organic side. Okay. Well, thank you. If I can jump in before, because I, I know we've only got a, a few minutes here left, um, but if you can tell us what sort of, you know, a searcher like me for, you know, I spend 12 hours a day on the Internet, so I, I'm well familiar with, with standard searching. Who would be your target demographic? Who's going to 
get the most out of out of Chacha and a guided experience through the through a search engine? Yeah, Dave, that's a great question. We are um, right in the middle of a project to really hone in on exactly what that is now that we've been out there in the market for a few months um, in beta. And so I, I will be in a much better position to give you a definitive response uh, to that. If you want to, if you want me to join you again in the future on the show, I, I can. I'll give me a month, and, and I'll be able to uh, uh, give you a very concise uh, response to that. I can tell you that um, just the empirical evidence uh, has shown that people who people who use search in general, they they seem to think that what they have is is pretty good. And then when you really start digging in, you find that they start indicating that it's kind of overwhelming also, just the sheer magnitude and just the you know vastness of the Internet and determining what, what results are credible and what are not credible. There's more and more of that coming out in the, in the users that have used Chacha. So what we're finding is the users that really love it are the ones that... Uh, that uh, find that if they can get the best result that's already been kind of verified by real live humans, that that appeals to them. It really doesn't, you know, just map to one specific age group or one specific um, demographic. It's more kind of behavioral, and and the people that are are more the humanists that are are kind of habit driven are the ones that, that are tending to become more and more active on Cha-Cha versus the people that are super task-driven and all they do is search on Google all day and they understand what Boolean operators are, you know? So the, the sheer masses out there don't understand what, you know, how to use Boolean operators to make their search better. And, and you know, oftentimes they don't find what they're looking for and they can get very frustrated. So we're finding that there is a, a large segment of the population coming on and more and more every day uh, becoming consistent, re- you know, return unique. So that tells us that, uh, you know, that segment of the population wants a, a better result. Well, thank you very much. And I hope to have you on the show again, just once you've, you've got the demographic sort of uh, data back, just to chat about that a little more. But uh, we're out of time here. So I guess I'd just like to like to thank you and thank uh, Chase Norland from, from Pixie for joining us here today on the show. And uh, on behalf of yeah, the IFDN, our sponsor. Thanks a lot. And on behalf of the ISEDN, thank you very much for listening and enjoy the next show.